Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. Dot the grove, and now, here's a word from the Lord. Got a word for you coming from Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Uh, we're going to deal with, don't let this alarm you now, but we're going to deal with the entire chapter. I'm going to try to be done in or around uh, a few minutes, a few minutes, all right? I'll be done uh, in a few minutes, in a few minutes. But uh, keep your Bible, keep your app open to Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Now, for, to get us started, I'm only going to read the first 12 verses, verses 1 through 12 of Second Chronicles chapter 20. I'm only going to read those first 12 verses, but again, we'll deal with the whole chapter, and it will help you to stay with me uh, if, you, if you have your Bible or your app open uh, on another device or what have you. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation where we find these words. After this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Munites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazazan Tamar. This was another name for Angidi. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed, O Lord God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are the ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. O our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Verse 8 says, your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. And now see what the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt, so they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us. For they have come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. O our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. I want to read that 12th verse again from the King James Version, which says, O our God, King James Version, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. That's where we get today's title for this message from. I want to talk today from the thought, our eyes are upon thee. Our eyes are upon thee. As we get into this word real quick, I need to welcome again all of our guest streamers. All of you who may not be members of the Union Grove family, we welcome you and bless God for your presence. Union Grove, I want to ask you, if you don't mind, type in whatever uh, whatever uh, platform you're in. Just give a welcome to all of our guests. Some of my classmates from high school are streaming with us. We welcome you. Bless God for each of you. But Union Grove, help me welcome our guests. Just all the members of our church family, just type in there. Welcome to all of our guests streaming with us today. Our eyes are upon thee. What we have before us, y'all, is a king by the name of Jehoshaphat, who's the king of Judah, and he is under an imminent threat from a collaboration or an alliance of his enemies. Uh, he, he's being faced 
uh, with a collaboration or an alliance from the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Munites. They are, they are coming in to invade Judah. They have not arrived yet. They have not invaded uh, Jerusalem yet, but they're on the way. And King Jehoshaphat has received uh, messengers from messengers. He's received emails and texts from his messengers that an invasion is on the way. King Jehoshaphat knows that this is a very serious threat. It is an aggressive alliance of nations. And verse 2 describes this threat as coming from beyond the Dead Sea. Uh, the threat Jehoshaphat and Judah faced came from the other side of the sea, the other side of the water. It's a, it's a threat coming from foreign soil, if you will. And, and they understand that it comes from the other side of the sea. The route that this alliance is taking would allow them to come in virtually undetected. But somehow the message got back to King Jehoshaphat, caught wind of it. And in verse 11, he's, he makes it clear as to exactly what the threat is. He says, they're coming to kick us out of this land, God, that you have given us. They have come to, they're coming to either take us captive or to totally annihilate us. And, and King Jehoshaphat knows that this threat is a serious threat. And all of us need to realize that some threats that come against us are serious threats. Let me go on and throw this in right now. We have face, we're facing a, a pandemic that's coming from across the sea. It is a serious threat. I want to encourage everyone, take this threat seriously. Cover yourselves up as best, best you can. Practice social distancing as best you can. Terrified, King Jehoshaphat now goes into prayer. He, he, he leads Judah into a time of consecration. Look at verses 3 and 4. Uh, Je Jehoshaphat is so terrified by this news, he begins to pray and leads the people of God into a time of prayer and fasting. And everyone comes together to seek the Lord for his help against this threat. One thing that's interesting, y'all, is that this may be the first instance in Scripture where a king proclaims a fast amongst the people of God. But it goes to show when, when the king proclaims a fast in a time of prayer and consecration amongst the people of God, it shows just how serious how serious King Jehoshaphat is taking this threat. So he wants everyone to understand this, this is a serious threat. Let's, with great intensity, let's seek the Lord with great intensity. Let's, let's go after God through prayer and fasting to get him to move on our behalf. So King Jehoshaphat begged God for guidance first and then led the people of God to turn their hearts and minds toward God. He did what he could to lead them in worship. Lead them in worship. By worship, I mean, I mean that they're not, not, they're not singing yet. They're going to be singing later, but he's leading them in worship, not by singing, but leading them in worship by getting them to, to fix their eyes upon the Lord, to turn their hearts unto, the, unto God, to turn their affections unto God, to, to pay God close attention, to seek God. And that's, y'all, that's worship. Worship is when, when, when God has my heart. Worship is when God has my attention. Worship is when God has my affection. Affection and my adoration. Worship is me, is me coming after God. It's, it's, it's me surrendering my life to God. I pray that I hope you're praying with me today. They, they're, they're turning their affections to Him. They're, they're, they're committing or maybe even recommitting themselves to Him, rededicating themselves to Him. And this, this is a time of worship for King Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah. So He leads the people in prayer. And I would encourage you in this season to pray. All of us who are threatened, not only by the pandemic all of us who are threatened also economically your, your jobs are threatened your businesses are threatened your ministries are threatened your family is threatened and I know some of you can't get your hair your hair and nails done your hair is threatened your nails are threatened I, I, I know I, I, I get it look, look I get it I get it you're, you're being threatened turn to God in prayer Seek, seek the Lord to dedicate this time to more time for worship by setting your attention and your affection on the Lord. And you may be wondering, well, Pastor Clark, what, what can I pray in this season? What can I, what can I say to God? Understanding God, uh, that, that prayer is a two-way street that is not only us talking to God, but God talking to us. But maybe you're wondering, what could I say to God in prayer in this season as I'm undergoing a threat 
in my health, in my finances, in my family, in my emotional well-being, in my mental, in my mental health. Uh, what, what can I say to God? And I believe King Jehoshaphat gives us some pointers, gives us some, some, a, a tutorial as to how we can pray to God with our eyes upon him. Let me, let me share a few things real quick and we're going to raise up. First of all, look at verse number six. In verse number six, uh, King Jehoshaphat will tell us to pray to God who is incomparably powerful. That's what King Jehoshaphat would tell us. He would say, in this season, as, as you pray to God, pray to the God who is incomparably powerful. Look at verse number six. In verse six, as King Jehoshaphat prays, he says, O Lord God of our fathers, art thou not God in heaven? Here it is. And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thy hand, verse seven, in thy hand is there not power and might? So that none is able to withstand thee. None is able to withstand thee. None. Uh, no one is a match for you. No, no one can box with you and contend with you. No, 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 no one can, can compare to your power and your might. King Jehoshaphat, as he is faced with a threat from a power that's more powerful than he is, more mighty than he is, he acknowledges in prayer that God, his God, his God is sovereign over all the earth, and there is no one who is a match for God. No one could withstand him. He is incomparably powerful. He, in fact, is so powerful that no other nation or any other reality can compare to our God. In fact, all nations are subject to God's sovereignty, whether they surrender to God or not, whether they acknowledge God or not. All nations are subject to God's sovereignty. He is God over everyone, whether they submit to him or not. He is in control and there is no match for his power. Who can compare to our God who would dare compare anyone or anything to our God to attempt to compare anyone or anything to God is ludicrous it, it is ridiculous it's like it's like trying to compare someone singing to that of Aretha or Luther to compare anyone to God is so ridiculous it's, it's like it's, it's just as ridiculous as, com as comparing any basketball player to to Michael Jordan it's so ridiculous y'all it, it is as ridiculous if not more as trying to compare any NBA basketball team to the Los Angeles Lakers. Who would even dare to do something like that? Who would dare to compare anyone or anything to the power and might of our almighty God? Are y'all with me today? So when you pray, when you pray, declare God's incomparable power. Declare that he is more powerful than any other nation on earth. He, not only any other nation on earth, but God is more powerful than any evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, mighty powers in this dark world, and evil spirits in the heavenly places. Dark spirits, dark, listen, the, the, the spirits behind witchcraft are no power for God. The spirits behind voodoo and hoodoo are no power for God. Listen, COVID-19 is no powerful God. Uh, cancer cannot compare to the power of God. Lupus, diabetes are no match for our God. So pray and when you do, declare he is incomparable in power. And listen, just in case you're wondering, let me make this clear. God does not need you to tell him how powerful he is. God does not need his ego stroked. The reason why we pray and declare God's power is not to stroke God's ego, but to reinforce our faith. Sometimes I need to hear myself declare God's incomparable power. Sometimes my flesh needs to hear my spirit man declare the incomparable power of our God. And in so doing, it can give you power to endure. It can give you hope when your back is against the wall. Praying like this can give you a vision for your victorious outcome of your situation. You need to see yourself winning even when the odds are against you. You need to believe that God is able to handle enemies who are more powerful than you, that outnumber you, that outweigh you, that have more money than you, that have more influence than you. Now listen, you, they are no match for you when God is with you. If God be for you, who or what can stand against you? Because God is incomparably powerful. 
Jehoshaphat would also tell us to pray to God according to previous prayers. Pray to God according to previous prayers. I mean, verses 7 through 9. As, as King Jehoshaphat will pray according to prayers that were prayed decades before he became king. In verse number 7, he says, Art not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gavest it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name. Here it is saying, here's what they prayed when they dedicated the temple. If when evil cometh upon us as the sword, judgment or pestilence or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence for thy name is in this house and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. Before Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah found themselves under this threat, they had already been prayed for during the previous reign of King Solomon. When King Solomon built the temple that Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah now face, when he dedicated that temple, he prayed unto God a prayer. And, and now Jehoshaphat is basically regurgitating this prayer that had been previously prayed over him and the people long before he had ever become king over, over Judah. For in 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verses 28 to 30, uh, King Solomon prayed, If there's a famine in the land, or a plague, or crop diseases, or attacks of locusts or caterpillars, or if your people's enemies are in the land besieging their towns, whatever disaster or disease there is, and if your people Israel pray about their troubles or sorrow, raising their hands toward this temple, then hear from heaven where you live and forgive. Give your people what their actions deserve, for you alone know each human heart. And I want to encourage someone who's following Jesus today in this season of pandemic in this season where so many people are losing their lives listen I want you to be encouraged in knowing that you have already been prayed for long before you were born you have already been prayed for don't you know the scriptures teach us that Jesus already prayed for you in John chapter 14 verses 16 and 17 Jesus said and I will ask the father that's a prayer right there Jesus said to the disciples I will ask the father I will pray on your behalf that God the father will give you another advocate who will never leave you he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth and he told he told the disciples then and would tell every disciple now I have already prayed for you that long before this pandemic came about long before you were laid off long before you were tested positive for COVID-19 I already prayed for you and if you're wondering what Jesus prayed Jesus prayed that you would have the Holy Ghost deep down on the inside of you advocating for you and not only not only did he pray for you to have the Holy Ghost in John chapter 14 but he also prayed in, for you in John chapter 17 long before you were born long before your mama and your mama's mama and your mama's mama's mama and all of your mamas were born Jesus already prayed for you watch this in John chapter 17 as Jesus prayed for the disciples he had already with him then but in verse number 20 he says neither pray for I for these alone I'm not only praying for Peter and James and John and Andrew and Bartholomew and Judas and all of the disciples I have with me now. For in John 17, 20, he says, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. In verse 22, might knock your socks off. You may need to move the kitchen table or the, or, the, or the coffee table away from the living room so you can cut your step when you hear what Jesus prayed for you. In verse 22, he prayed, and the glory which thou gavest me I have given them that they may be one even as we are one I in them and thou in me what are you saying Pastor Clark what I'm saying is long before you were going through your current storm long before 
before you lost your job, long before your cupboards ran out of food, Jesus prayed not only that you'd have the Holy Ghost, but he prayed that you'd have glory, the glory that comes from the Father. He prayed that you would have weight. He prayed that you would have substance. He prayed that you would have a supernatural presence on the inside of you. Watch this. That will connect you with other believers and connect you with the Son of God and the Father himself. So what I want somebody to understand, I need you to understand that while you're going through what you're going through, if Jesus has saved you from your sins, he's already prayed for you that the power of the Holy Ghost will, will abide deep down on the inside of you, but that you would also have glory, that you would be connected, that whatever you're going through, you'd have forces on your left and to your right supernatural forces divine forces that could strengthen you and connect with you and help you to fight in your current battle all I'm saying is you ought to pray in accordance with what Jesus prayed for you pray for the presence of the Holy Ghost pray for a fresh filling of the power of God's spirit pray for a fresh anointing and fresh dose of the glory of God or maybe you just want to declare in this season I'm walking in glory in this season I'm walking in the divine weight of God in this season I'm walking in the divine substance of God in this season because of the glory of God I am in the Father the Father is in me and because of that I'm not by myself I'm not alone I am not alone or lonely in this present predicament God has put glory on my life God has put anointing on my life and I just want to tell somebody if you got the Holy Ghost if you got glory you can make it. I need somebody to type in the comments I can make it because I got glory. I can make it because I have the Holy Ghost. I have supernatural resources. Supernatural realities. Supernatural power in my life. And if God be for me who can be against me? And even in the words of John, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You got something on the inside of you that's greater than sickness and disease, greater than poverty, greater than lack, something on the inside of you that's greater than depression, greater than anxiety, greater, greater than what can keep you down, greater than hopelessness. You've got glory. Walk in glory. Pray according to the glory. Declare and decree in your prayer I am going to walk in the power of glory and in the anointing of the Holy Ghost and because of that I have the upper hand even in this situation uh, King Jehoshaphat in the Old Testament would tell us pray according to previous prayers not only that but he would tell us pray to God in his presence pray to God in his presence I'm in verse number nine in verse number nine King Jehoshaphat will give us a quick uh, mentorship a quick uh, mastermind course on prayer in verse number nine if when evil cometh upon us as the sword judgment or pestilence or famine we stand before this house and here it is in thy presence for thy name is in this house and cry unto thee in our affliction then thou wilt hear and help Jehoshaphat will tell us do all you can to pray in the presence of God pray in the presence of God and listen let me tell you something it's not complicated it's not hard it is not impossible because God is everywhere all at the same time see King Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah they believed that God's presence was confined to Jerusalem and even more so confined to the temple that was established there in Jerusalem by King Solomon but we understand that God is present everywhere are y'all with me today and King Jehoshaphat prayed that God would hear them and help them as they prayed in his presence in his presence but we understand that God is omnipresent so what that means is you you can pray wherever you are you can be in God's presence wherever you are you don't have to be in what we understand the house of God the church uh, the location to be the house of God wherever you are right now can be transformed to the house of God it can be transformed you can consecrate it in into the house of God and even let me let me just get a little more biblical you are the house of God you as an individual are the house of God we as a body of Christ collectively we collectively comprise the house of God but right where you are whether you're in your kitchen your bedroom your bathroom your den your back porch your attic wherever you are 
That space can be transformed and consecrated into the house of God. Why don't you do what King Solomon and King Jehoshaphat did? Jehoshaphat said, uh, we're in your presence. Watch this. Because you put your name here. Why don't you declare the name of God right where you are? Declare the name of Jesus right where you are. There's victory in the name of Jesus. Declare where you are to become the house of God. Just in the name of Jesus, I declare this space to become the house of God. In the name of Jesus, your apartment can become the house of God. In the name of Jesus, your townhouse can become the house of God. In the name of Jesus, you can make that trailer the house of God. You can make that mansion the house of God listen in the name of Jesus you can make your bedroom the house of God just by declaring his name and don't you know that there's victory in his name there's salvation in his name there's healing in the name of Jesus devils tremble in the name of Jesus cancer has to flee in the name of Jesus lupus has to flee in the name of Jesus congestive heart failure has to flee in the name of Jesus COVID-19 has to to bow to the name of Jesus. If I were you in my prayer, I would declare and decree that where I am is the house of God and it is so because it is I declare it in the name of Jesus and understand that by faith when you declare where you are to become the house of God in the name of Jesus, just like King Jehoshaphat prayed, believe that God will hear you and he will help you. I just challenge you to do that today. You are not defeated. You, do, you are not the underdog. You are not, listen, you, you, you are not the weakling in this situation. You have the upper hand. I want you to pray, and I want you to pray and consecrate where you are into the house of God, the place where God dwells and where the spirit of the Lord is. There is liberty. So pray, pray to God who is incomparably powerful. Pray to God according to previous prayers. Pray to God in his presence and then pray to God. This is very important. Pray to God free from pride. Pray to God free from pride. I'm in verse number 12, verse number 12, verse number 12. We're going to hear, we're going to hear King Jehoshaphat pray with such humility where even in his prayer he is free from pride. Oh, our God, wilt thou not judge them? Watch this. We have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. In the New Living Translation, he said, we are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. King Jehoshaphat prayed, we are powerless, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. King Jehoshaphat understood military might cannot help us with this. A robust economy cannot buy us out of this. Our eyes are on you. God, we are looking to you for help. Some may say, listen y'all, some may say the king sounds like a weak leader in his prayer. I say he sounds like a leader who is free from pride in his prayer. He does not demonstrate pride that has him believing he can handle the situation in his own power. He does not demonstrate the pride that has him believing he can figure this out on his own without God or anyone else. You don't hear Jehoshaphat praying in this prayer like he's going to fake it until he can make it. He's transparent. He understands he's vulnerable. He understands he's powerless and he's admitting that he's powerless. He's admitting and confessing in his prayer I don't know what to do that's what humility sounds like it sounds like transparency it sounds like honesty it sounds listen it, it sounds like this is how I really feel I can't appear this way before my children but God this is how I really feel I can't appear this way before my employees but God this is how I really feel I feel powerless and I don't know what to do I don't know what to do King Jehoshaphat is is humble in admitting that they're powerless and it's music to God's ears this type of humility is music to God's ears especially when King Jehoshaphat declared but our eyes are upon you we're looking to you for help and when you pray like that you're praying you're praying a prayer that is free from pride this is remarkable y'all it is remarkable for a king to pray like this 
Because kings are powerful men. Kings are wealthy men. Kings are very influential men. They're expected to be strong, not weak as Jehoshaphat confesses. Kings are expected to have the answers rather than confess they don't know what to do, as Jehoshaphat does in his prayer. But I hear Jehoshaphat. I hear Jehoshaphat loud and clear. I hear you, bruh. I hear you. I know I'm supposed to be strong, but this is too much. I can't be strong this time. I can't be strong for everybody else this time. Not this time. This is too much. I'm weak, and I know folks are counting on me to solve this problem. I know folks are counting on me to come up with a strategy. I have none. I have no answers. I am without a clue, and you're pride-free when you can Confess you're out of strength and out of answers, but God is never out of grace. God is never out of sufficient grace. And I know you may be feeling the same way King Jehoshaphat feels. Maybe you're feeling weak, but you can't show it. Maybe you don't have any answers, but you got to act like you got it under control, that you, you're going to figure out how to pay the rent. You're going to figure out how to keep, keep the lights on. You're going to figure out how to keep the car running. You're going to figure out how to get the car back. You're going to figure out how, how to make ends meet. I know you're trying to be strong and independent, but sometimes in prayer, if you can't tell anybody else, if you can't tell your wife, if you cannot tell tell your children if you cannot tell your employees sometimes in prayer you've got to confess God this is how I really feel this is what I'm really struggling with this is what I'm really confused about God I feel weak but when you feel weak God is made perfect in weakness even when you're out of strength and out of answers God is never out of sufficient grace praise God for his grace his help for us in our time of need even though we don't deserve it and the truth is y'all we always need God if this if this pandemic shows us nothing else it ought show us how vulnerable we really are it ought show us how powerless we really are. It ought show us how, listen, despite the, the great intelligent minds who are working on the economy and trying to find a vaccine, the truth is, unless God breaks out a revelation, we're never going to get out of this situation. Praise God for intelligence, but we need a revelation. We need God to reveal the cure for this awful situation. Are y'all praying with me today? In this plea that, that the King Je Jehoshaphat prays, listen y'all, it cannot be a mere prayer request from someone hear me while they're in trouble praying free from pride must be the wind beneath the wings of your prayer life we should all pray as though we always need God because we do always need God. We always need God to help us. Even when you have resources and answers and solutions and strategies, you still need them to come from God and, and, and for God to make them effectual. The real truth is we are more powerless and vulnerable than we would ever care to admit. And sometimes it simply takes the right threat to our lives to get us to see how powerless we really are. Sometimes it takes a threat of cancer, the threat of divorce, the threat of layoff or near fatal heart attack, a stroke or a stock market stock market plunge uh, to get us to see how powerless we really are how our lives are but vapors and how much we need God and we need God we always need God. We ought pray like it. We ought seek him like it. We ought live like it. We ought to talk like it. We ought to talk to him like it. We ought to trust him like it. We ought to pray like we know we're powerless and weak and we need him. We always need him. I hate we're going through what we're going through with this pandemic. My heart goes out to those of us who have lost loved ones to COVID-19 and other illnesses. But the truth is, though, we always, we always need God. We always need God. And during this pandemic, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. We don't know. Listen, we don't know whether we should be six feet or 13 feet apart. We don't know if we should open the economy up in phases or not open it up at all. We don't know if things will be back to normal by July or August or 2021 or 2024. We don't know what to do. But let me tell you what the people of God ought to do. Set your eyes on God. Set your eyes on Jesus and pray free from pride and trust him to thwart this threat. King Jehoshaphat called on the Lord and got all of Judah involved. Verse 13, as we're going to hopscotch through the rest of the text. 
context. Verse 13, he has the women, the little ones, and the children involved because this threat affected everybody. King Jehoshaphat has everybody out there praying, the wives, the children, the little ones. This affects everybody, and what we're going through affects everybody. No one is left out. Older people are dying. Healthy people are dying. Sick people with preconditions are dying. Babies are dying. I was on a Zoom call with my classmates this past Friday night, and one of them in the nursing field said that uh, infants are testing positive for COVID-19. Toddlers are testing positive for COVID-19. This is not leaving out anyone. Everyone should turn their eyes toward God. Everyone should lift their eyes unto the hills from which cometh our help. All of our help comes from the Lord. And as the people of Judah are assembled and anointed, prophetic utterance goes forth. I'm in verse number 14. Verse 14, the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel and he told them that they were going, that they were to go to meet the threat the next day. Under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, he told them to not be afraid because the Lord would fight this battle for them. They were to stand still and watch God work. God was going to do something crazy on their behalf, but he wasn't going to do it today. He would do it tomorrow. He told them that God was with them in, their, in God's own time and in God's own way. That God was yet a present help in their time of trouble but that God was going to move it wasn't that day but it would be the next day and let me encourage somebody to understand that God may not move on your behalf today but trust and believe that one day God who is with you will move on your behalf so then once they heard this word this prophetic word from Jehaziel verses 18 and 19 let us know that a praise break broke out King Jehoshaphat and the people of God and the Levites began to praise God with a loud voice they simply heard the good news and began to break out in a praise. There's no one on a Hammond organ, no drummer, no tambourine, no worship leader with a microphone in their hand. They simply heard the prophetic utterance through the Holy Ghost as he uttered through a man of God and, the, and a praise, praise, praise break broke out. Then in verse number 20, let us know that they obeyed God and left the next day. They moved at the time the Lord prescribed. This teaches us that obedience is so important for victory. In fact, obedience is not only important for victory in a struggle, but it's important for holy living, period. Obedience is always important, and we always obey the commands of God, not just when we're in trouble. But isn't it strange that some people begin to take obedience to God more seriously when they know they're in trouble? I, listen, if it took trouble to get you to pay more attention to God, then praise God. If it took the threat to get you to take God and obeying him more seriously, then and praise God. But King Jehoshaphat and Judah are obeying God and they're on the move by foot and they're on a journey down to where the enemy is and scholars suggest that it would take them around five or six hours to get to where the enemy is. In verse number 21 the king appointed singers to lead the way and when the singers started praising God, the Lord made the Ammonites and Moabites attack the army of Mount Seir. They killed all of them and then the Ammonites and the Moabites began to fight one another. By the time Judah arrived on the scene, all of the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir were dead. In verse 24 of 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 24, they were all dead, lying on the ground as far as the eye could see. And then in verse number 25, I do hope your Bible or your app is still open. In verse 25, verse 25 tells us that Judah found an abundance of riches. Their enemies had come to battle with so much jewelry, so much bling, that it took the army of Judah three days to collect it all. Three days to round up all of the booty. Three days to round up all of the jewelry. Three days to round up all of the goods that were left behind by their enemies. On the fourth day, they broke out into another praise break. Verse 26 lets us know that after they got their stimulus, after they got their, their abundance, they realized we're going, we're coming out of this situation with more than we had when we came in. And it's all because of the Lord. It's the, Lord, it's, it's the Lord's doing that got us this stimulus from this battle. It's the Lord's doing that we come out of this threat with more than we had when we came in. And then we're told that the men led the people home, praising God all the way back to Jerusalem. Five or six hour journey. They're full of joy. They're rejoicing and praising God all the way home. Verse 27 says they're so full of joy as the Lord has made them to rejoice over their enemies. They knew that it was the Lord who heard them and helped them. They knew it was because of the Lord that they prevailed over their enemies. They knew it was none other but their God, incomparable in power, their God who answers previous prayers. 
They're God who is everywhere at the same time. They're God who resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. He thwarted the threat and it was all because of his goodness towards him. The abundance in their hands is because of them. Their enemies are dead because of them. So they're praising God all the way home. I need you to picture this in your mind. They're praising God all the way home. They did not have to fight. They did not have to lift up one sword. They did not have to throw one spear. They're praising God all the way home headed home and not one of them is hurt hear me y'all not one of them is wounded not one of them is directly impacted by the threat not one of them came under direct attack hear me hear me not one of them tested positive not one of them admitted to ICU not one of them put on a ventilator not one of them harmed by the threat praising God after the threat is over is, is in order especially if you and your whole family survived the threat and not one of y'all tested positive not one of y'all admitted to ICU praising God is in order if not one of y'all was put on a ventilator is anybody praying with me today they were going back home it's been a long three days and they're headed back home and I'm about to close this message but I got a question the question is what now what now what's going to happen now they're headed back home is everything going to go back to normal what, what, what happens now? What, what, what's going to happen now? Well, we're told what happens now if you continue to read Second Chronicles chapter 20. In verse number 29, it tells us that Judah's neighbors feared God. That they heard about what God had done for, for the, what God had done against all of the enemies of the people of God. And, and the, the nations around them, the heathen nations who wasn't studying God, heard the testimonies and they began to honor God. They became in awe of God. Fear of God came over them. Let me encourage you to make sure that everyone hears about the amazing things God is doing during this threat. When someone you know gets healed, make it public. When God keeps food on your table, make it public. Let's pray that when we come out of this pandemic, that sinners will be in awe of what the Lord has done. Let's pray that sinners will see God do amazing, crazy, radical, incomparable things during this threat that convicts them and converts them to follow Jesus. Then in verse number 30, verse number 30, it says the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet they enjoyed peace God gave them peace in Judah and around Judah ain't nobody messing with them no one is attacking them no one is threatening them no one is trying to invade them God gave them a season of peace isn't that amazing that in verse 30, after all of the drama, after how God prevented the, the, the invasion from conquering them, they were given peace. But what troubles me is in verse number 31. In verse 31, you don't read about anybody praying or crying on the name of the Lord. In verse 31, there's nobody praying. Verse 30, you got peace. Verse 31, ain't nobody praying. It only mentions, the King Jeho it mentions King Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat's mother's name. There's no mention of anyone calling on God's name. Why ain't nobody calling him now? Why, why ain't nobody calling on the Lord now after they come out of battle? Why, why, why ain't nobody calling on him now when God even prevented them from going into battle? He, he simply responded to a threat. But why, why does verse 31 say nothing about anybody calling on the name of the Lord? Why ain't nobody praying and fasting now when it seems like things are going well? Had they taken their eyes off the Lord? Why does it seem like Judah had a one-night stand with God? Yeah, it seems like God the morning after would be looking for a long-term intimate relationship with Judah. But Judah seems to be like so many of us that once we cry out to God in our crisis and we get what we want and the crisis is behind us, we don't sweat him like we do when we're in trouble. We don't call, him, call on him like we do in the midst of our crisis. We're not seeking him like we do in the midst of our storm. And I'm just curious, what's the 31st verse of your situation going to say? What's, what's verse 31 of your life, of your storm going to say? Because right now, right now your, your narrative is being written. Right, right now your story, your, your story is being written. Right now, they're writing your story of how. How you're calling on the name of the Lord. Right now, they're, maybe they're writing your story. Your, your story is being written of how you're praying and fasting and seeking God. Maybe right now your story is being written of how God is going to confuse the enemy on your behalf. And maybe, maybe your, your, your story is being written right now. But I'm wondering, are you going to make sure that verse 31 of your storm, of your situation says, And they kept on calling on the name of the Lord. That in a time of peace, they kept on calling. 
in the name of the Lord. After they got their stimulus check, they kept on calling on the name of the Lord. After God had done exceeding abundantly above all they could ask or think, they kept on calling on the name of the Lord. That when God brought them out, they didn't take their eyes off God. They kept on calling on the name of the Lord. My encouragement to you, my exhortation to you is to make sure that your story includes that after God brought you out, you kept on calling on his name. After God caused you to prevail, you kept on calling on the name of the Lord after God calls you to experience peace peace in your finances peace in your mind peace in your family peace in your home that you kept on calling on the name of the Lord and oh isn't it tragic what we read in verse 33 isn't it tragic y'all that in verse 33 it says during this reign during Jehoshaphat's reign however watch this he failed to remove all the pagan shrines oh hear this hear this and the people never fully committed themselves to follow the God of their ancestors despite all that God had done for them the Bible records and the people never fully committed themselves to follow the God of their ancestors after God caused them to prevail the, the word of God records and the whole nation that no one fully committed themselves to follow to follow the Lord after God spared the whole nation after God delivered their whole families after God answered their prayers after God prevented them from going into war after God made their enemies to fight one another instead of fighting them what did they do did they fully commit themselves to follow him no they basically went back to normal they, they went back to normal despite how God heard them and answered them they simply treated God like a one night stand they're no longer seeking God like they were when they in trouble and my encouragement to you as I close don't let this be your story I challenge you to fully commit yourself to following God seek God pray when this whole thing is over envision yourself so intimately connected to God that you won't turn him loose and he won't turn you loose I want you to envision yourself when this whole thing is over that you and God are so close that you and God are so tight that you've drawn close to him and God has drawn close to you that nothing can separate you from the hand of God I want you to envision yourself coming out of this pandemic closer to God than ever before tighter with God than ever before more determined to follow God than ever before I dare you to to end this season incorporate the habits that will get you close to God and keep you close to God is there anybody here who wants to testify that when this situation is over you're not going to play with your destiny anymore you're not going to play with God's life God's purpose for your life anymore you're not going to play with your anointing anymore is there anybody here who's ready to declare that God has brought me too far for me to play with God God has done too much for me for me to not fully dedicate myself to him is there anybody streaming with me ready to declare if he doesn't do anything else for me he's already done enough for me to give him my yes yes to your will yes to your way yes I'll trust you yes I'll obey when I'm healthy I still say yes when I'm sick I still say yes money in my pocket I still say yes can't pay my bills I still say yes is there anybody here who has your eyes on the Lord and ready to declare when this threat is over when when this situation is over God is going to have all of me all my mind all my heart all my soul and all my strength because after all he's worthy did you hear what I said I said God is worthy because just like you don't take your eyes off of God God won't take his eyes off you can I get a witness here well I'm getting ready to close children but I got to close when I tell you that they collected the, the, the supplies for three whole days they collected jewelry for three whole days that before they headed back home they collected enough booty from the battle for three whole days isn't this something what God can do when you give him three days isn't it amazing what God can do when he has three days can I get a witness here supernatural things can happen when God has three days powerful things can happen when he has three Three days miracles can happen when God has three days because one Friday night can I get a witness here one Friday night they took Jesus hung him high 
and stretched him wide put a crown of thorns on his head nails in his hands and a spike in his feet he died that night didn't he die they pulled him off that cross put him in a borrowed grave he stayed there all night Friday I say he stayed there all day Saturday he stayed there all night Saturday but early 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 Sunday morning three days later he got up with all power in his hands can I get a witness here isn't it amazing what God can do in three days glory glory to the Lamb of God glory I'm telling you he's worthy he's worthy of your praise he's worthy he's worthy of your affection he's worthy he's worthy of your attention he died for you he was raised for you right now he prays for you and one day he's coming back for you can I get a witness can I get a witness can I get a witness in the meantime serve him in the meantime seek him in the meantime praise him in the meantime adore him in the meantime give him your yes give him your yes give him your yes yes he's worthy yes he's mighty yes he's blessing me yes i'm gonna make it yes i'm coming out of this yes he's gonna turn it around yes i'm trusting him yes 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 hallelujah 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 yes lord yes lord yes lord my eyes are on you yes lord your eyes are on me yes lord watch me praise you watch me trust you watch me lean on you watch me come out of this with the victory in my hand with praise on my lips but don't wait until you come out praise him now praise him now and sustain that worship sustain that intensity in prayer don't let your life go back to normal don't let your worship go back normal don't let your prayer life go back to no ain't no way in the world after all of this any of us who love Jesus can go back to normal it's not gonna happen this has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins Georgia we thank you for listening if you're ever in the middle Georgia area please worship with us on the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.